Hey, welcome to the Lyric House Church podcast. Our mission is to host a house for him. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. for our live service. Make sure to check out our Facebook page for details about upcoming events and information on our small groups that meet throughout the week. Thank you for being part of our broader community, and we hope you enjoy this podcast. Thank you. So we're in Acts chapter 5, five months later, when we started Acts. No, I'm just kidding. But it's really awesome that it takes that long to get through it. I mean, it means that we're digging in deep. We're or we have several guest speakers. <laughs> That's awesome, too. Thanks, Adam. A combination awesome. of both. I don't know. Like, I'm not in any hurry. Thanks, Adam. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere, are you? Nope. No. Does anybody know what Acts chapter 5 is about? Yeah. <laughs> Church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you guys, I know some of you guys know the beginning, the first part that we're going to go over because I've been talking to everybody about it and I've been saying, I don't, I'm just confused. What do you think? And just getting people's opinion and. You're stealing my Bible? Yeah, well, I'm helping you. Are you trying to, do you want to read from Matthew? No, you're, no, you're fine. I'm just teasing you. You just normally have your own. Yeah. This is a pretty nice one. BYOB. Yeah. I That's funny, BYOB church. I didn't bring my own, so. Yeah. <laughs> is that appropriate? <laughs> yeah, bring your own Bible. follow the rules anyway, so it's fine. Ananias and Sapphira. Yeah, that rings a bell now. Yep. <laughs> all right. We dug in deep on this one all week long. We have been. This has been the topic of our conversation every day this week. So For a couple weeks, really. Yeah, really, because we've had a guest speaker twice, two times in a row, and so we've been um, I was really just frustrated with this chapter. Has anyone else, and, and when I say Ananias, Ananias and Sapphira, you know what I mean, right? Yes, majority, most people probably do. And, um, and we'll get in it. And I'm actually just going to have you read it, babe. Just read. Okay. Read all of about Ananias and Sapphira, and then we're going to break it down. But I feel like we need to, like, tell the story first. Okay. But a nam, um, but a nam, <laughs> <laughs> but a man. <laughs> what you say? <laughs> right. You're I gotta welcome. get my mind out of the Hebrew. <laughs> but a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds, and brought only a part of it, and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not your disposal, at your disposal? 
Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. He died. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, there's a significance to three there, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened, and Peter said to her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard of these things. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's how you do it. All right. So for those of you guys that are like Ananias, Sapphira, who? Now you know that they are famous for dying. <laughs> lying and dying. Yep, lying and dying. Lying yeah. and dying. Okay. So let's... Let's, let's dive in because this chapter, this passage in scripture has always frustrated me. And so when I get frustrated, I just skip things. <laughs> yeah, that always works out real great. So um, it was really good for me and it was really good. Um, I think it's really going to be good for our church to really dive into this and see what God is saying and what he's doing here. So we're going to go scripture by scripture. So the first one, but a man named Ananias and his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property. Okay, let's first then talk about what does Ananias and Sapphira mean? I was hoping it meant something really cool like idiot. <laughs> I don't know, but it didn't. It does mean something really cool. Yeah, it does. I just, I, I've, go ahead and tell them the name. Go ahead. Okay, so Ananias means the one whom Jehovah has given, or the gift of the Lord, and then Sapphira means beautiful. And what I, I feel like this is just, this is who the Lord planned, this is who he set them up to be. This is what he, what he's saying here is this is my daughter, this is my son, and, and I feel like names have so much meaning, and we have, we know that, like we have to look into, we have to dive into scripture, what what is God saying with this? And so I feel like from the very beginning, he's saying, look, these, these are my kids. I love them. Don't ever, like, we can't forget that part that God is in love with these two kids, adults, okay? What you need? Are you, re are you reading my notes and comparing them to your notes? I caught him at men's group trying to preach my message. Was he doing that, Craig? No, I wasn't. No? He texted me. He was like, what was that one? I was like, no, you're not. We were talking about something totally okay. different. Okay. I mean, we did briefly talk about it. Okay, but my apologies. My apologies. Okay. <laughs> also, he'll do that. I'll be, he'll be like, what's the Lord saying to you? Does he do that to anybody else in here? What's the Lord saying to you? I know he does, guys. I know he says that to people all the time. What's the Lord saying I to you? Have I done yes. that to anybody in here? Someone say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lisa said yes. He'll be like... 
What's the well, Lord saying I to you? I actually really like hearing what the Lord is saying to people. And then he preaches it on Sunday. Whatever, and you're like, that I was. Do not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was, was in scripture, though. That was in scripture. Yeah. You're gonna be careful. You, you don't. I'm just teasing you, babe. I'm teasing. No, he actually does do that to me, but I don't know if he does it to you guys. Okay. I, I, I don't need the recognition. You can have it. Also, I'm trying to, I was just looking up the names. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay. So here, God is telling us what their names are. Oh, Ananias means. The one whom Jehovah has given, or also a gift from the Lord. And Sapphira is actually sapphire, so beautiful. Yeah. All right. Um, So the very first thing that we look at, and so just kind of a little understanding of Scripture writing. Anytime they write the word but, you need to pay attention to what was written beforehand. Okay? So right here, it's saying in in chapter... um, uh, in verse 1, it says, but a, named, a man named Ananias. What were we talking about in chapter 4? Why would he be saying but? Do you guys remember? Yes. Yep. And they, had just, and they had just started talking about that. And who was the guy that sold everything that he owned and laid it at the apostles' feet? Joseph, also called Barnabas, Barnabas later. Yeah. Yep. And so what her, he's, te- he's telling this like a story. So he's talking about how great Barnabas was to lay everything at the apostles' feet and how... Like, how beautiful that was for him to do that. And then it says, but. Barnabas' name means son of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. is cool, isn't it? So then we're paying attention. Okay, so we're reading this but. And so what we're seeing here is God is creating this culture. He's cultivating this culture of giving, and this is just what the church is going to look like. It's going to be this giving culture. But immediately... We see Ananias and Sapphira because it says, but he names a man named Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of property. Um, So what we're doing is we are paying attention to what God is saying in here. So he's showing us the before of what happened and now what we're dealing with. So he's giving us insight. Okay. So two, and with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. Okay, so again, it's the same thing that Barnabas did. And you have to pay attention to wording here. He's saying that Barnabas laid it at his feet, but Barnabas did it in a way of honor. Like he was like, this is all yours. Like I I can't help but to give you everything I have. And now it's saying that um, this is what Barnabas had done before them. Okay, I got myself lost too. Oh, that's what I was trying to say that what they're seeing is they're seeing that Barnabas got praise for it. They're seeing that when he laid it at their feet that he was praised and he was highly esteemed. And so that got their attention. So just kind of start, like, pay attention to these little details that we're showing and we're talking about. Um, And also it talks about here when when it says his wife's knowledge that he kept back from himself, so the proceeds brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' apostles' feet. What they're trying, what the writer, what Luke is trying to show here, that it was their choice. So it's not saying that the church forced them to lay this at the feet. They're not saying that um, it was a requirement. They're talking about how this was a choice to make this decision to to sell what they had and bring it before them. You want to read three for me? Verse three. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back yourself part of the proceeds of the land? Okay, so notice it's talking about Peter. He says, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart? How did he know? 
Like, how did he know that this happened? And what I believe happened is he had a word from the Lord. So he instantly understood what was happening. And he was like, hey, he's giving an opportunity. He's like, Ananias, why, why has the enemy, why has Satan filled your heart? I, I just feel, I feel so bad for Peter. I feel like um, these are his friends. Like, these are people he loved, right? This is his church. And so he's like, he gets this word from the Lord, and he's like, oh, I don't want to deliver that. Like, I don't want to tell him that. And so I feel like he's giving him this chance. Like, man, yeah. what are you doing? Like, what, like, where's Satan gotten to you? Like, Ananias, why? Yeah, I'm sure he was crying. Oh. Peter has an awful job. Let's, let's never do what Peter's doing. Yeah. Why okay. Satan filled your heart, <laughs> Ananias? You guys didn't get the joke. It's fine. Um, yeah, so I, I feel like, you know, he's talking to me, he's giving him this opportunity, like he's opening up that he's like, what are you doing? Why, what are you doing, man? And it's just showing, this is the same verbiage that Jesus used with Judas. Remember that? Like he's saying to him, why has he filled your heart? Like, I, I mean, I, I wish I, like to be a fly on the wall, was it, dude, where's your first love? Like what happened? How did you... Like, but did they ever have it? And it, and w the word shows that they were believers. They, we do believe that they actually were believers. But was it was it about, did it have something to do with the seed being um, sown not correctly? I don't, we don't know. And we, there's no way to know that. But just kind of walking through what this must have looked like for Peter and for Ananias as his friend. All right. So what we believe is happening here. So just kind of setting a picture. We had originally seen that, like, soon as the church first started, this, this Pharisees, the Sadducees, were coming at the disciples, right? Like they were coming in, trying to tear the church down from the very beginning. And so we see that from the outside, the enemy has tried to take it down. And now, and um, as Miranda and I were talking, now there's a viper in the pen. Like now there's people within the church that are trying to take it down. And I don't even think, honestly, I really don't even think that they realize what they're doing. Like this wasn't like, um, I don't think that this, and this isn't like, this is kind of my opinion. Like, I really just kind of feel like they were scared. They didn't have faith. And they were just like, if we just keep a little bit in case this is actually a cult. And <laughs> they were on the fence. And, yeah, in case this is really not anything that we want to be a part of. We'll just keep a little to the side and we'll make a run for it if this was, if they start busting out the comfort color sweaters. I mean, like, it's, you know, too late. Inside jokes. We got jokes for days about cults. It's fine. Anyway. Um, so we're like, we're, we're walking through this, looking at them, trying to see what they're understanding, but what's actually happening is the enemy is using them as a viper. Like he sent them in, they're in the inside of their church in with the people. Like, I mean, if they were a part of this church, then they were like us, like Chelsea's friends with Lisa. This would be like, like, which one of you wants to be the viper? That, somebody has to be it guys. Let's just say Karen. Okay. Oh, Sarah. So Sierra's, you know, like Peter's coming to Sierra and Adam and like, what you guys do? And they're like, no, 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 this can't be true. That, that cannot be true. I know them. I know their character. What is happening? And they're, they're watching from the outside, watching their church, their family is getting splintered. They're watching all of this unfolding, okay? This was an attack from within to stop the great momentum that was happening. And what was happening as well as that Ananias and Sapphira were drawing the people, they were discipling them into unto something that shouldn't have been. It was after themselves. It was after this, this greed and this, this coveting that they, were, that they were after. We're going to get more into that later. We're going to keep going, but go ahead and read four. 
Well, it remained unsold. Did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not your at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You've not lied to man, but to God. So understanding that this isn't, this whole chapter, like what this is about, isn't about the fact that they didn't give the disciples everything. And I think so often we can read this and be like, whoa, they're in trouble because they didn't give everything. Listen, they didn't have to, to give anything. And they definitely didn't have to lie about it. Like it wouldn't have been an issue altogether. Oh, John, what's wrong? Dad's coming. He just wants to hang out with us. He's fine. Right. On the stage? I mean, he should be a drummer. Like, I think so. Dakota can teach him how to play the cajon. He wants to preach? Let him. Listen, I'm in. John should, the beloved should preach. Okay. Um, all right, so we talked about it. Like, this was really ridiculous. Guys, we didn't have to lie about any of it. And I feel like so often that's how lies are, right? Like, that wasn't even necessary. Like, we call them little white lies, but the fact of, of the matter is it was a lie. And I was, I was, I heard this the other day, and I thought it was really funny. I hope my children, where are my children? Jace, there's one. One. Where's my son, actually? Is he in the conference room? No. Hmm. He was sitting there. Anyway, sorry. Um, so I heard, I heard this, and it was a story about, it was a sunny day, and there was these four boys that um, they really didn't want to go to school one morning. So they decided that they would conjure up this lie, and they would skip school. And so they did, and they were successful in it. Then the next day, they got to school, and the teacher was like, oh, where are you guys? And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, our, just, our truck had a flat, and we had to t change it, and it took all day long, and we just, oh, it was so hard getting a replacement. And then by the time it was done, we just, you know, we, we had to skip school, and oh, we're so sorry we missed. We didn't mean to. And she was like, oh, gosh, I understand. I do. Okay, so what you guys missed yesterday was a quiz. And um, I want you to go ahead and sit down. We'll, we'll make up for yesterday. Want, go ahead and sit down. And on that quiz, the first question is, what tire was it that was flat? Now go ahead and do your quiz without talking. And so what I feel like, I, when I heard that, I was like, oh, isn't that just like a lie? And understanding that we give God permission to do anything, right? We say, God, you can have it all. You can use me. You can prune me take everything out of me. And so what we're saying is God reveal it to people when I lie. Like, I don't want that in me. So reveal it. And so just like with those boys, like besides the teacher smarter than that. And God is smarter than Ananias and Sapphira. And so I think that is like what God is showing us about lies is listen, you're going to get caught like it's going to be exposed and not because I'm mad at you, but because that's not who you are. That's not who we are as Christians. The biggest part of this is it's not even a, it's not about finances, and I think we want to make everything about finances, and we want to to make the because so many churches get a bad rap of, and I've been to churches that I mean I get it, I've been there before where that's like a focus of theirs, and they're trying to play on your heartstrings, and they're they're really trying to get money because you know there are business they some of them are business ran, and but it's never it should never be about that and our hearts as the giver and our hearts as the leaders, but that's not what this passage is about, and so I feel like I wanted to make that super, super clear that I know we've been talking a lot about finances and a lot of giving, but this isn't so much about the financial giving a portion as this is about their hearts.
What do you think? Definitely. Yeah. That's what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> Proverbs 12, 19 says, Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue only lasts a moment. You have not lied to men, but to God. Number five. You read five? When Ananias heard those words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. Okay, Lisa, Chelsea, Sierra and Adam just died. How do you feel? Yeah. Yeah. It's... <laughs> What'd you say? Right. <laughs> but this is real life. Like, this was their real friend. And so they're standing there saying, no way. There's no way they did it. Like, I, I was with them. Like, I think, right? Like, there's just no way they could have. This is not who they were. And then they fall over dead. And, you know, they're, they're like, I, I didn't. Uh, is there anything I lied about? You know that the church is like, what did I? Have I lied? Because, you know, they have. Like, it's. Most Christians will, will tell a lie, and I mean all Christians will tell a lie in their lifetime. I mean way more than that. But they're watching their friends, their people that they have come into community with, and their heart is probably breaking, but there's probably a great, great fear that's come upon all of them. Um, I also think it's interesting that God chose to, one, write about this, but for to two, to do this publicly. And what I feel like he's saying was that they chose to, ha to cause this to be a, a public sin, that they're the ones that did it in light of everyone watching, in light of everyone giving them praise. And so then God chose to publicly um, to walk this out, and they publicly, um, what word am I trying to use? Um, you know what I mean, right? Yes, yes. Publicly disciplined, yeah. All right, in Matthew 15, 8, it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. There's my son. I was looking for you. You missed my greatest story of all time. I'll tell you later. It's fine. What? Okay. It's fine. We'll talk later. Um, so this is something that I think as a whole, as a community, that we are so passionate about, um, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I was talking to someone one day, and they were um, telling me about somebody they know. I'm not going to mention names. There's nobody in here. Um, and they were just telling me about someone that they had. They had recently moved to um, the area, and that they were telling me that they met someone here. And, or they, had, they didn't realize the other person lived here. They said I had worked with that person for like eight years, 10 years, something like a long time to where if you've worked with someone for 10 years, you know their kids' names, like you know their car, you know where they live, you, you know their wife's name, you know what they do outside most likely, like you know some things about them. And he said that he worked for him for, for you know, eight to 10 years and it wasn't until he moved to the area and he found out that he was a pastor. And it broke my heart because what that means is that's hypocrisy of saying that I preach on Sunday morning, that I, this is who I am, this is what I do on Sundays, but Monday through Friday, he didn't mention, he said, I didn't even know he was a Christian. Like, mm, does that do something to you guys? Like, it really bothers me. And it's not even, like, 
those people will figure it out. But that bothers me as a whole as Christians. Like, you shouldn't know that I'm a Christian because I, say, I have a shirt that says Jesus, right? I say it all the time. You should know that we're Christians because we can't stop talking about him because it's in everything. He's intertwined with everything that we do. And this isn't condemnation. It's not condemnation to him. It's what are you passionate about? Who is it? Who is this man to you? Like, what are you, what are you coming to church on Sunday for? Why would you even stand up? Why? Why would you be a pastor if it wasn't for him? I, I, like, I will never wrap my mind around people that, that don't talk about them outside of Sunday. And that's not who we are. I think as a whole, like, if we're walking down the street, like, you're going to know who our king is. Like, I think it's very obvious. And um, so I'm not talking about us, but I'm just saying, like, this hypocrisy that's in the church. And that is what the Lord is saying here, that these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Also, like when Tiffany was here, when Tiffany Thornton was preaching a couple weeks ago, when she said, I always get this mixed up, when she said, you can't put new wine in an old wineskin, right? That's the way it is. And that is what I believe the Lord is saying here as well. Like, listen, this is what the Sadducees and the Pharisees were about. This is what the religious people have always done. They've always declared that this was for God. But when he was standing right in front of them, they crucified him. And so God is saying, no, not in my church. I'm not putting up with it. No, I'm, we're done. And I, that is, I think, the biggest reason that it was such a public spectacle, that it, we wrote this was added into scripture, that this was made to be such a big deal because we've been struggling. We're like... This isn't God's character just to kill people because they lied. I mean, yeah, it's a big deal, but God, settle down. I mean, like, why are you so angry? And I was talking to Miranda, like, that's just outside of his character. I can't wrap my mind around, like, what? Because we we don't see it again, right? I mean, people, I mean, I'll probably lie today. I'm just saying, you know, like, my kids ask for things and I make something up. But, like, (laughs) it, it it, but it was such a big deal, and we're starting to see why that's such a big deal, that God's not putting up with the hypocrisy that's ca- trying to continue into his church. His brand-new baby bride is starting to get infiltrated with this hypocrisy, and he's saying, no, I'm not putting up with it. Yes, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. How gracious for him, right? How great, how, what, how, what a man full of grace that would say, hey, you can't do this in my church. I'm not going to put up with it. But listen, you're not done. Like, I, like, there's still grace for you. And yeah, that's so good. It's so on point. Right, yeah. Because like what? What did you tell me about what was the... Um, further on in Acts, when you were like, that didn't happen in that story. Yep, because what did he do? Right, right. But then he also came and was like, he was repentant. And I think that's what he's trying to say when he was like, go to God before me, because he didn't understand his identity. And that's so many new believers. Like, I don't know how this is working. I don't know, but like, I'm sorry. Go, Go tell God, go before me and go tell God. And so... Yes, I do think that there was the difference of the repentant heart, but I, I, and I think that that does have something to do with it, but I also really just believe God is making a statement here. He's saying, like, listen, because I love you, because I have grace for you, you'll be with me, but it stops today. 
A hypocrite has God on his tongue and the world in his heart. The the word hypocrite is, I need to take classes. Sarah, what does it mean? No. (laughs) What you took, what did you take in college? Right. So she's our like translator if anyone needs one. (laughs) Sarah said it. I believe it. It means, I have it here. It means hypocrisis, hypocrisis. I just can't say it. I just felt like you would have said it way better than I do. Hypocrisis. It actually is really cool, guys. So this is a Greek word that comes from play actor. Yeah. So it's actually a word because it was people that were acting in a play were a hypocrisis or hypocrisis. And so they were basically pretending in front of everyone to be something that they weren't. Like it was their job. Um, A hypocrite is someone pretending to be something that he is not in order to receive recognition or gain. And this is what we're seeing here with this couple, that they don't actually care about what the church, what what the church is doing and what God is doing in it. They want to be recognized. They want to be recognized like Barnabas. They saw something and they're like, he got attention. I want to do that too. A hypocrite is a person who isn't himself on Sunday. Hypocrites are like pictures on a canvas. They show fairest at furthest. A clean glove often hides a dirty hand. A hypocrite is a man who lets his light so shine before men that they can't tell what's going on behind it. When reputation becomes more important than character, we become hypocrites. Hypocrites are not those who live worse than they profess. That's all of us. Hypocrites are those who cannot see and are not honest about the gap between their talk and their walk. A hypocrite is not a person who fails to reach his desired spiritual goals because all of us fail in one way or another. A hypocrite is a person who doesn't even try to reach any goals because he makes people think he already has. His profession and his practice never meet. And I I don't know, like this really, really did something to me. Like, not that I was afraid that God would strike me down, but... I think it's just because we are already so passionate about being transparent that that this, I think, is just like God is just digging something up. Like, listen, we're not going to be, like, we can't, as Christians, we already got a label. Like, we're already labeled, like, hypocrites. We're already labeled stuck up and too good for people. Like, I mean, ask any non-believer. They're going to be like, ah, Christians. Like, they, they're one way on church on Sunday and another on Monday. You know, I, I heard this, you know, guys you know who Stephen Furtick is? from Elevation Church. I love, I like Stephen Furtick. But he had was preaching one day, and he said that he was driving down the road, and somebody, like, made him mad, and he, like, cussed at him, flipped him off, like, did something, like, he's supposed to be a pastor, you know? And he did something, like, outrageous, and thinking, like, who's going to know? And so, like, he got mad at this person driving by, and he, like, flipped him off, cussed at him, yelled at him, did something, and then they, like, sped back up and got even with this window, and they were like, nice bumper sticker, and it said Elevation Worship, and he said that he was just, or Elevation Church or something like that, and he said that he was just, like, like, completely deflated, like, what am I doing, and it's not just for pretend, like, I mean, he was authentic, like, this wasn't just because I didn't represent Elevation well, it was because what am I doing as the body, like, if I'm going to be, as, if I'm the set apart, if I'm the call that one, and I'm cussing at people in traffic, what am I doing, and that's always stuck with me, and um, something that we're so passionate about here, that 
It's just like when we talk about if you go out to eat on a Sunday, you better tip your waitress well instead of being known as Christians that don't tip. It, it means that, like, not just even out in public. It means behind closed doors. It means when people aren't watching, how is your response? And listen, it's not always going to be perfect. I mean, come on. Like, I'm not trying to, like, paint a picture here. I'm saying if you cuss on Monday, then you probably don't want to hide that you're cussing on Sunday either. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, if you let's be real. Let's not try to pretend like we're something that we're not. That's what's going to break the mold, guys. That's what's going to... Not that we're trying to come to the same level of unbelievers, but we're being transparent and saying, listen, I'm not perfect, but I know a man who is. Come and meet him. And really walking that out. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You agree? Yeah. Thanks, guys. We're all on the same page? Let's do this. All right. Yep. Not perfect. Not perfect. And I say often, like, if if you see somebody on a stage, like you see Taylor Swift up on the stage and she's singing her little heart out and everyone thinks that she's perfect. But as you get closer, you're going to start to notice some flaws. Maybe her hair is, is kind of like, you know, messed up. Maybe it, it's went flat when it was supposed to be curly. You get a little bit closer. Maybe you see her bright red lipstick on her teeth. You get a little bit closer and you see that like she's got a giant zit that her makeup covered up really well. That's reality, right? But we didn't see it when we were in the, on, in the seats. We didn't realize it when she was up on the stage and we were like idolizing her. But you get close to people and you start to realize that everybody is human and everybody has flaws. And I don't think most people, like I know I for one definitely don't want people to put me on a pedestal. Absolutely do not do that because I will immediately show you that I'm not perfect. <laughs> like, get a little close and you'll see it. That's the thing is we don't put our faith in men. Yeah. We put our faith in God. Because man will always let you down. Yep. Always. Every time. Always. And then that's why we hear things like... Don't put your faith in your pastor. I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Put your faith in God. For real. That's why we see people falling away from the church so often. That's why people get hurt by man. And so they're just, I'm done with church. I've tried. I, I can't do it anymore. And it's because we're, walk, we're not walking out what we're preaching. We're not walking out. Like, things happen. It, they do. Things happen. And people get mad and they leave. And you don't want them to happen like that. But let's, on the other side, not be that people. Let's not be that people that give them a reason to say that they're fake. So here's the thing. If we're not lying, if we're not pretending, there's nothing that they can call us out on. So everything you see, like what you see is what you get. This is who we are. This is who I am. We're not perfect, but we really love the Lord. Come and see why. And maintaining that heart posture of that. Taste and see. Yeah. Okay. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Okay. You want me to go to 10? Um, well, you want to skip to 10 when you... Oh, no, hold on. I'm mm -hmm. just at 7. Okay. So after an interval of about three hours, his wife came in not knowing what had happened. So I'm really picking this apart, and I'm like, okay, here's, it's interesting to me that he would say after an interval about three hours. Why did he say that? Like he could have just said after a little bit, after a while, but, and he didn't even, it was like he wasn't even sure. He's like, um, after about three hours, but I feel like he's trying to say something, and we all know that numbers mean something, and if you go, if you went to the Bama group, you would learn that as well, and man, let's also 
let's just tell Kim and Gary thank you for Bema. Like, yeah, you guys are doing a great that's job. That's so good. It's so Leading good. The group is so good. Thank you. Everybody's talking about it. Yep. yep. Yes. Anyway, um, so I'm looking into this and I'm reading. Thank you guys for your house. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Thanks for letting our kids. It's been great. Yeah. It's good. I'm digging in to um, the number three, and I was texting Lisa and Roberta. I was like, what? What do you? what's the number three mean to you guys? Like, what do you know about the number three? And just trying to get some perspective because here's the thing. I don't know everything. Surprise. And I don't really know what, it, like a lot of people, you can ask them, what's the number seven mean? What's eight mean? Like they know it. They haven't memorized. I don't really. Also, you have to be really, really careful. And you hear me say all the time, please don't Google things. Like do not Google numbers. All right. Because you're going to get weird stuff. Like my angel number three, like don't do that. Do absolutely not Google numbers. It will like t put you on this tailspin and you think you're supposed to leave your husband or something. I mean, like it's just not a good idea to Google numbers. And if you come to me and you're like, I Googled the number, I'm gonna be like, mm -mm. <laughs> I don't wanna hear it. Anyway, um, but I was really kind of pressing in and trying to understand like, God, why did you write this in there? Why was it important for Luke to write about three hours? And here's kind of what I came up with. You have to understand that each number tells a different story. And it's in with the relationship of, of between God and man. And so he's trying to tell something. With, when he puts a number, he's like revealing something. So three means harmony, new life, and completeness. Is that about right, you think? Yeah. Would you add or take away anything from that? The Trinity. Yeah, yeah the Trinity. So three in one. He completed everything when he rose again on the third day. Yes. Yes. Keep going. Like, what do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. 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 So they'd say it three times because they didn't have, like, if it was good or let's just do not gooder, but good, gooder, goodest, you know, they, like, we talk like that, but they would say it like, holy, 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 like, there's no holy yeah. like this holy, yeah, yeah, because yeah. yeah. then it's completely holy, yeah, or it's completely bad, yes, right, so typically, we see that numbers are good, like, that's what we all kind of, like, it's, it's hinged on, like, ooh, what's the number mean, but we can also see it, the enemy, because the enemy will use anything as a counterfeit and try to switch it. So like in Revelation, he uses the Trinity in um, Revelations 12 and 13, you see an evil Trinity of, the sa of Satan, Antichrist, and the false prophet. And so he's switching it. Everything God's doing, he's try he tries to use as a counterfeit. And so what I'm trying to understand is like, th if it meant three hours, and it was supposed to mean, this was supposed to be... Um, a moment of harmony, new life, completeness. The enemy is switching it and making it counterfeit. Now, did he? Ha did they have that? <laughs> yeah, I guess they did. You know, when they went to heaven, they did have this new life and completeness. But in that moment, I believe that's what the what God meant for good. The enemy meant for harm. Just like with the number six, when we use it in in threes, like it's not a good number, and so we can see the enemy using things for his benefit. Um, and stealing it and trying to take it from the Lord. Okay, eight. 
Yeah, I could have already read eight. Oh, but read. Go I'll, ahead and read I'll, it. Eight through, through ten. ten. Yeah. yeah. And Peter said to her, "Tell me where, whether you sold the land for so much." And she said, "Yes, for so much." But Peter said to her, "How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who buried your husband will carry you out. They're at the door, and they will carry you out." Immediately she fell down his, at his feet and breathed her last breath. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Go ahead and read 11. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Okay. So that's the second time we see that passage or that um sentence in this scripture and great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things and so while you're diving in while you're um, studying out scripture it's important to pay attention to that what is the main topic here what is God talking about and so he mentions it twice this is what he's trying to get our attention on so yes like we definitely he definitely is noticing like there's hypocrisy in the church I want it out done not dealing with it lying will be exposed but what his heart is here is the church and he's saying that great fear came upon the whole church and upon all those who heard of these things and I think that that shows us that this wasn't normal. Like, it wasn't like God was going around striking people down. We don't see him, we didn't see him doing it before this, because if that was the case, people wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been a great fear. Like, but he's, he's, um, he's showing, he's setting this precedence of like, this isn't, this isn't what I want to see, and this is not what I want to keep doing. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, if he was still, if he was doing that, I'd say most of us in here would probably be dead. Oh, I'd be. So dramatic. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. <sighs> Did you, now he's going to be hurt. <laughs> Someone lay hands on this man. <laughs> and for the podcast listeners, Jason just fell at the, the apostle's feet and died. And the great fear. Everybody say, ah! <laughs> Died to new life in Christ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So when it's talking about fear, understanding these words that yes, there's this this holy reverence fear, but the word fear here is phobos, which can which means fear means ah, but it also means reverence for one's husband. And so what they're talking about is this reverence, this holy reverence of. God is holy. God is righteous. There is no one like him. And it doesn't mean that they were instantly like they, like they, um, what is that word? That they like kind of like were pulling back for him like, like a dad that abused his kids. That's not what this was like. This was like, wow, wow. Yes, the respect, like he's bigger than I think we realized. And I know like, I've had that moment, and I think that everybody as a Christian has needs to have that moment and will have that moment if they ask for it, but I've had that moment of, oh, wow, like he is way bigger, more, more Morist, <laughs> um, 
more intertwined with everything yeah. that you can even imagine. I yes. mean, it goes far beyond your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yeah. tell us. Where's Tristan? Yeah, like yeah the where's fascia. Diane? Tell yeah, us about Diane the fashion. Diane was telling us about the fashion. Let's just get her a microphone. <laughs> For those of you that don't know what the fascia is, if any of you have ever um, hunted or cooked and pulled uh, the skin off a raw chicken, you know that slimy, opaque layer that sticks to the meat and sticks to the skin, that's, our, that's the fascia. <laughs> so it, we have it. it, it holds the skin on our body. And so many of the women know about collagen, where when your face starts sagging and you're like, okay, let's shorten up the collagen, that's one of the components of your fascia, which actually is the connective part that holds our bodies together. And the reality of the fascia as um, the medical field has only begun to acknowledge it in the last few years. And it's very important for our health because it literally intersects every cell in your body. And the fascial tissue um, is a protective tissue and a connective tissue. And so that little sac around your heart is fascial tissue. So if we have a restriction somewhere in our body, it'll pull on the fascia. So I can stub my toe and cause my heart to beat irregularly. And they are proving now, and I have to do continuing ed, and that's why I study this, and I saw this video of a guy who had done a lot of um, dissection. And this might get a little gory, but when a person dies, the fascia is one of the first things to disappear because the, another component of it is the fluid and water. So like if we don't drink enough water, our brain and our heart and our organs, our lungs are gonna get the water we have first. And then our fascial tissue, what needs water, is gonna get it last. So those of you that know about plantar fasciitis, drink more water. Um, <laughs> because your feet, <laughs> your feet get it last. But what this guy was showing was how when they were cutting the fascia away to peel it off of um, the muscle that it was surrounding, it also surrounds your nerves and your blood vessels and your lymph, it lines your joints. It's just, it's everywhere. And as they were pulling it away, they realized it wasn't surrounding it, it was going through it. And they could actually show that as they began to try to cut it away. Wow. Yeah. We were making the comparison at Bema, that's why this came about, of how intertwined the Lord is in everything including our body bodies like that's what that's where the life comes from which makes me think <laughs> so good yeah 
Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And that was probably part of the reverence of like, oh, this is bigger than we understand. And he's, and I think that that just made them probably fall even harder, you know? And I think when we've all had that moment with God, like maybe he answered a prayer that we didn't expect. Like I, it takes something. It takes going through something to realize like, wow, he really is who he says he is. And if we don't walk through it, if we don't go through it, we never actually get to see his goodness. Mm. Yep. Yeah. It is. Yep. Immediately. Yeah. Yep. I'm in. Who has to die today? What? <laughs> what? What about my eyes? Oh, yeah. Because I need water. Right. <laughs> ice as in ice, not the drug. Jason feels like he has to clarify that all often. Yeah, it's a thing. He says, my wife's addicted to ice. The water, not a drug. Yeah. Thanks. He's so serious. Uh, he's, yeah, yeah, she's not. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> okay. <sighs> he's so fun. Okay. So this part that we're going in, because we're at the end of, of that chapter, and this is something that I'm really excited about, and I think that this kind of just ties everything in. And so I'm almost done here. But reading in Joshua 7, okay? So we're in Joshua 7. We have Joshua's leading the Israelites. They've made, this is all going to tie together, I promise. They've made it until, into their promised land, and we see that they had just defeated Jericho. And so what, what we understand is the Lord is with them. He's made a promise to be with the Israelites and with Joshua as he's leading and so we see into Joshua 7, the first word that we see is but. but. Ah, you got my attention, Lord. And he says, he's setting the stage here, and he says, but, because they had just defeated Jericho, but the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things. For Achan, the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burn, uh, burned against the people of Israel. So then it starts in to tell us kind of what happened and what's going on here. But understand that this is a new beginning for Israel, right? This is their church, right? This is their community. It's their, they're not in the wilderness anymore. They're in the promised land. It's their church. They're together. So it's the beginning with the Israelites, but this was also the beginning in the book of Acts of the early church. And I'm going to kind of show you why I'm so excited about this, um, this um, book and this passage and how I feel like it, it really correlated with the with what we're studying. Um, okay, so what happens? Let me, instead of reading the whole thing, because it's pretty long, I'm just going to kind of break it down really quickly in Tiffany terms, okay? Um, Joshua is wanting to go into the land of AI, not the artificial intelligence. Jason said I needed to make that clear. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Um, AI, AI. Also, I heard it say A, but I like A. I don't want to say A, so I'm going to say AI. Um, a, I, A, I. And so he's sending, um, they're sending men into AI to take AI. And he's about to send, like, the entire army, but, he, but his men come back and say, hey, there's not very many of them. Like, we can take them. Don't worry about it. Just send about 3,000 of our men. 
And he's like, cool, okay, that's what I'll do. So he sends 3,000 men in, completely expecting it to be easy, a simple, win, a simple win, and they'd come back. But what happens is 36, remember that number, 36 of their men die. And Joshua is just completely devastated. Like, no men were supposed to die. Like, this wasn't, that, that would be like 36 of your friends died. Like, out of 3,000, it's still important, right? It's 36 men that weren't supposed to die. And, and Joshua's like, God, why? What's happening? Why is the whole nation suffering? What I, you, there was a promise. I don't understand why men died. And that's when God comes in. And he says in Joshua 7:11, he says, Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I have commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put them among their own belongings. I don't know about y'all, but if the Lord came and told me that about you guys, I'd be like, are you kidding? Who did it? Like, empty your pockets out. I'm done. Like, uh, people are dying because you're stealing cloaks and silver and gold. I'm not putting up with this. Craig, was that Matthew 7 we were in yesterday, the verse you quoted? So that lines up with what we're, you're about to talk about. Oh, that's why you're asking me? No, I'm asking Craig. Okay. <laughs> yesterday, when you were asking me about this. Yeah, man. You just talked to me, and I would have told you. He's a man of very few words. Um, so Joshua's calling people out. And so what happens is he's getting the clans together. And he, so he gathers the clans of Judah, and he's like, um, there's too many of them for me to question all of them, so I'm going to cast lots. Remember, that's how, because they didn't really have the presence. They didn't know, like God didn't just always speak to them in the Old Testament. So they would cast lots to try to, to find things out. We don't cast lots anymore because we have the Holy Spirit. And so they cast, the, the lots got, got cast, and Achan is picked, right? His, the, lot, the, the lot is on him. You know, he's like, oh, what are we doing? What are they talking about? And so Joshua comes before him, and he's like, bro, is it you? And he's like, uh, I really don't. Okay, it was me. And he tells him, yeah, I mean, I took a cloak, and I took some gold, and I took some silver, and I buried it in the tent. It's there. We can go get it right now. Joshua has no chill, and they were like, no, you brought this all. You brought this on all of us. You got to go. The Lord said not to take anything. What were you doing, man? You couldn't even use it. What were you going to walk around with the stolen cloak later? Like nobody's going to know. And you see the parallel to same thing with Ananias and Sapphira. What were they going to do? They told the church they gave it all away. How are they going to sneak in like and go like secretly buy a goat later when you weren't supposed to have any money? Like what were you going to do with it? It's, it's this greed and this lying and this just this part that had no place in the church, no place in this community. And so unfortunately, Achan and his whole family and his goats and his calves and anything that he had with him were burned alive. I mean, I'd say that Ananias and Sapphira had it pretty good. I mean, they, at least they weren't burned alive. True that. Yeah. That'd be rough. And so what, I, what I'm really, really seeing here, and this is something, again, that I'm passionate about and that you guys hear me talk about often, is how intricate God is in everything that he does and how from the beginning of time, what God was doing was protecting the son. He was protecting Jesus and how important it was to anything that tried to get in the way of, of coming before or becoming in between or coming before what God is trying to do with the son, that he was not going to put up with it. And Shiloh and I were talking earlier about like the sons of Korah and how they he opened the ground up and they all just died. I mean, Korah, 
and his men and their families, and they, the ground opened, and they were all gone, just like that. Um, some other, I mean, just there's so many instances with the Pharisees, the Sadducees, everything that tried to come in the way, God was not going to put up with it. He was going to stop it in its place to protect the sun. So when the, the sun came, now we're seeing though, and so you guys see kind of the similarities between Joshua, what happened in the Old Testament when it first began, and then we're seeing it again in Acts. And what I'm, we're seeing now is Jesus, he came, he fulfilled what he did. He took the keys. He went to hell and took the keys. But now what the Lord is doing is protecting his bride. Yeah. And that is so beautiful to me because what that means is, is God is saying, I will do anything to protect my son. It's like I haven't done this before. Thank you. He's saying, I will do anything no matter the cost, no matter who comes in the way. Like, listen, I love you. But there's, some, there's something that he has to do. We can't come in the way of that. And I think that, like, I think we can relate. Is there anything, as parents, is there anything that would keep you from protecting your kids? I think it's a, probably going to be a resounding, I'll do anything. Whatever it takes. Now, I'll, I will fight for them. I'll stick up for them. I'll also probably be the first one to tell you that I'm sure they did it, but... And you'll also give them guidance so they make the right choices. Yeah. But it's up to them to choose to make that right choice. Yeah. But I'll be interceding and hoping and teaching them that this is who we are, this is what we do. But regardless, even if my kids become idiots, like I'm still on their side, I'm still going to do what it takes... I'm still going to stand up for them. I'm still going to protect them. I still will lay my life down for theirs. And guess what? Then when my children get married, it's the same for them. I, I will lay my life down for Hayden all day long. Just like Jacinda would lay her life down for Jalen. Hayden is part of this covenant that we have with our, our family. Hayden is part of, of every, everything that we're passionate about and what we're doing with our children. He's now a part of it because he, they're married. It's that's Jada's his bride. And it's what God is saying here in Acts and in Joshua. He's saying that this is my bride and I'm going to do anything to stop it. Remember how? What's he need, Dakota? Do you need something? Do you need a cinnamon roll? Right. He's not hurting nothing. He's fine to run around. <laughs> Dakota's like, I'm going. <laughs> um, I, but understanding also that in protecting the bride, in what had to happen, in, in this manner, that what he's protected, the bride is the church. So he was protecting us. All of this, all of this, what we feel like is like, ah, oh, that was really rough, God. He was saying, I'm doing it for you. Like, I'm doing it so that we can have a little church in Holden this beautiful Sunday morning, and you guys can worship me freely. It's for you. And remember how I said um, to pay attention to the number 36? I just found this out this morning. Um, 36 men were killed that day um, in Joshua 7. And it was the year 36 AD that Ananias and Sapphira died. And so I, we believe, of course, this is all like, there, I mean, like there could be before and after. It's really hard to tell. And I'm not a theologian, <laughs> in case you guys didn't know. It's so beautiful how God is writing a picture for his church and how intricate and how passionate and about how nothing is going to stop him for it being um, 
successful. All right, I'm going to read this verse. Okay, please do. Okay. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And do many mighty works in your name. And then will I declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. That, that verse right there is scary for a lot of us. That word kingdom there is the same. Can I get in here? Yeah, you are good. Yeah. Yep. That word, that, that word kingdom there is the same word that I was speaking of earlier. It means you won't enter into the dominion, rule, and authority that Christ paid for you. You can't access that gift that he's placed inside of you if you're living this lawless lifestyle. If, you're, if you're eyes are focused on the sin and the desires of the flesh rather than focused on him and the desires of the spirit. And see, Ananias and Sapphira, they were, they were focused on the flesh. They were fully focused on the spirit. Ananias and Sapphira, they had a piece of land. They gave money for it. So many times we think, you know, we let money rule our decisions in what we do. We, we take our money and we hold it up higher than, than our provider. We put it before the provider. They could have kept the land. They could have kept the money. But they didn't. They were on the fence. But is, this is profound to me in our own lives in our own perspectives. Their names meant beautiful gift of the Lord. That's what I was writing down whenever you were accusing me of looking at your notes. Yeah. But Luke 8, 12 speaks about our hearts and our lives being like soil for the seed of the word. See, our eyes and our ears are gateways and we plant seeds in our heart. Now, whether it's our eyes are looking at what's on the television and the fear of the world, the news, and all the garbage, we're planting those seeds if we choose to focus on those things. Or we get into the Word and we see ourselves as a mirror in the Word and we plant those good seeds that grow up and bear much fruit and we begin to rely and trust on our King that is the King of the kingdom that we're from rather than putting our trust in the world and the things of the world. After we sell our lives to the Lord, we are still in control. Just like Ananias had control over his money after he sold the land. 
The question is, when you gave your life to Jesus, did you give everything or did you hold back some of it? Are you still holding back some of it? Ananias fell into the sin of pretense, of hypocrisy, deception, insecurity, of lying, and unreality by keeping back some and saying nothing. His life spoke one thing, but in secret another. God knows everything about you. You may lie to people, but cannot lie to the Holy Spirit. He's in everything, just like the fascia, what's it called? Fascia, yeah. In and all and through everything. Jesus didn't pay a high price for your life just to un- so you would understand sin. He paid the price for his own blood to separate you from your sin. I just want to encourage you to confess today what you've been holding back from the Lord. You know what it is. I don't need to know what it is. But you know. You have a heart. And you know what's going on inside. Confess today. Be true to yourself. Be true to the Holy Spirit today. Make a stand. You have a choice. Fully give it to Him. Romans 6 says, The wages of sin is death. When I was living a life of sin, my relationships looked like death. My, My marriage looked like death. We were always fighting, arguing, and all kinds of junk. Sin creates death in your life. If you want to keep your sin, you can, but you'll pay for it. Something always happens. Romans 6.23, the reward of the law is death. The gift of grace is life. The bottom line is this. Sin employs you like a soldier. (laughs) I was thinking about you. (laughs) Sin employs you like a soldier. And Brandon. (laughs) Any other soldiers? (laughs) For its cause and rewards. So sin employs you like a soldier for its cause. And it rewards you with death. If this is speaking to you. I just really want you to to settle that within yourself. Because there's a freedom that is so vast and so ready and willing for you to step into where you're in line with this kingdom that is here now. It's not a far off place that we're trying to get to. It's, It's here. It's a dominion and rule that we're able to live from here now. So begin to just lay that junk down. Shift your focus. Renew your mind. Be not conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Renew your mind to your right standing with the Father and who He is. And I'm, he loves you so much. But today is your day for freedom. Today is your day to start anew, afresh. His mercies are new each and every day. And today you might mess up and do something stupid, but tomorrow's a new day. 
His mercies are new each and every day. And mercy always triumphs over judgment. Always. So, Father, we love you. We thank you for this day, this new day. We thank you for your kingdom, God, that you've placed inside your Holy Spirit, which is inside of us, the righteousness, the peace, the joy, your overflowing love, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for being our strong tower, our firm foundation. I thank you that we can stand upon and rest upon this foundation that you laid for us in this vast expanse of love that you so willingly and freely laid your life down that we could be a part of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit and Father God for doing what you've done and creating this beautiful love story for your bride and this marriage that is coming to pass. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Lyric House Church podcast. We hope this message blessed you and we encourage you to share with your family and friends. Remember, the gospel is good news and good news is worth sharing. If you want to get involved or see what's happening next, make sure to follow us on social media. Until next week, we love you and God bless.